Welcome to the 2018 Prima Podcast Series. My name is Shonda Ragland. I am the Director of Education and Training at Prima. On this Prima Podcast, Michelle Despress will discuss the biopsychosocial approach for treating injured workers. Michelle is the Vice President and National Product Leader for OneCall. Michelle serves as a clinical liaison among payers, providers, and OneCall's internal teams. She strategically works to continually improve return to work results. Michelle helps customers understand how one call can fulfill all of their physical medicine needs with clinical excellence and care coordination efficiency. We will also be joined by Taekwon Gilbert, a member of Prima's education and training team. Taekwon will moderate the discussion. Enjoy the podcast. Thank you for joining us today, Michelle. Can you define what biopsychosocial factors are? Yes. Yeah, so biopsychosocial factors are really those factors that are outside the anatomical components of an injury and really considered part of a person-centered approach. These things can include, say, a fear of pain or avoidance. It could be anxiety, anger, depression, or even family beliefs and values. Why is it a trending topic in workers' compensation right now? Well, with the workers' compensation segment, we're seeing this, as, as well as in other populations, uh, the effect of opioid use for chronic pain. We have more aging workers, which are those that are defined as 55 and up in the workforce. And there's been a shift, really, in recognizing the need for a more holistic approach amongst medical providers. We're really seeking ways to restore that injured worker's health and really improve outcomes for those that we see. For adjusters and case managers that have not considered the influence of biopsychosocial issues, how can they identify injured workers whose care may be impacted by biopsychosocial factors? Well, it's probably likely that everyone is touched in some way by biopsychosocial factors, but those that might need really targeted additional intervention could include injured workers who have chronic pain that's associated with a musculoskeletal disorder, those that may not be progressing and reporting possibly a reduced quality of life following an injury could be those that have barriers to a successful outcome that results from fear avoidance behaviors or anxiety, depression, or even functional neurological symptoms. What are the benefits of implementing a biopsychosocial approach to physical and occupational therapy treatment? Well, clinicians that utilize a biopsychosocial approach really evaluate and treat with an integrative look at that injured worker's care. It's truly a holistic, outcome-centered approach that incorporates a lot of behavioral change. It resets the expectations of the injured worker. It educates them as to what's going on with their anatomy, what's going on in their body, and really empowers that person to create a sort of lifetime self-management strategy. An example would be a case where a 50-year-old male had had four back surgeries between 1986 and 1998. Each back injury resulted in surgery within physical therapy that followed, and every time there was a successful outcome was really what was considered. But each re-injury was accompanied by significant limitations functionally, a lot of fear, a lot of anxiety. There were work changes to additionally accommodate each time to get that person back to work and back to function. And physical therapy, as I noted, for the first three episodes really centered around strictly healing the injury and tissues in his low back. 
So he would go to therapy, they would do some things, teach him some exercises, maybe do some hands-on care, and then send him out. But when he was out, there wasn't a whole lot of focus on his, on his home program or a whole lot of focus on prevention in the future or a whole lot of focus on a lot of body mechanics. There was some, but not much. With the fourth surgery and the fourth episode of PT, that therapist really approached his care from a biopsychosocial perspective and was really heavily involved in understanding the triggers of his low back pain, what movements were problematic, what functional activities were being avoided due to fear of pain or re-injury, and then, of course, obviously addressing all of the musculoskeletal imbalances, all of the strength deficits, uh, the flexibility, the, the range of motion deficits. He was educated as to his anatomy, so he understood how his low back worked. He understood changes over time, changes that would occur with age, you know, kind of that whole aging process of his spine, and then what to expect in terms of what might could occur in the future. So things like flare-ups. You know, he had triggers of, you know, the weather changes or triggers that included prolonged sitting or triggers that were wrapped around a few other things. So he was taught how to manage those, those episodes if triggered by different occurrences. He continued this program. He reset his expectations of what the future would look like. He no longer expected a complete pain-free life forever following his injury, he expected that, hey, I will have some some ebbs and flows, I will have some things that get better, things that get worse, but he knew how to manage it when it got worse, and subsequently this January he celebrated 20 years of no additional treatment for his back, no, no medical intervention, no more surgeries, no more issues, and he's resumed all of his kind of pre-1986 physical activities, things like water skiing, things like cycling, running even, were things that he did not even attempt in that period where he was going through, you know, every few years having another surgery. We hope you're enjoying the podcast. I would like to take a moment and invite you to Prima's 2018 annual conference, June 4th through 6th in Indianapolis. Here's some words from Prima's meetings manager, Monique Gilliam, regarding Prima's annual conference. Our annual conference is the leading event for public risk management professionals and provide a unique opportunity for attendees to connect with and learn from peers and thought leaders from inside the industry. Primo will be offering over 50 educational sessions this year, including our first ever cyber symposium brought to us by the Department of Homeland Security. You can find out more information about Prima's 2018 annual conference by visiting Prima's website, www.primacentral.org, and click on the annual conference logo. To learn more about Prima's annual conference, visit primacentral.org. Why should there be a continued focus on understanding biopsychosocial factors and how to manage when they exist? Well, it's, it's really considering that while the problem being treated might not change, especially with someone who's got a chronic condition, but the individual's response to that problem can be different or it can change. So if we limit our focus as clinicians to the body part and injury, that sort of might become the defining label to that injured worker. That's what they may define themselves as, a person with such an injury. But if we broaden our scope to the sum of all parts and the end goal really going beyond the tissue healing and inclusive of management and prevention strategies will support an overall return to health, which furthers that return to work and stay at work focus that we strive for. 
Is this approach only for those returning to work or will it benefit those that may not have an expected plan to return to their job? Oh, that's a great question. This really applies to both. So the overarching goal, of course, is to restore function and support successful return to work or improve function to the highest possible level. The difference in the two kind of folks being treated would be, you know, it is a graduated approach. And if someone has been out for a while or is experiencing a higher level of, of disability or lack of function, then there may be smaller milestones or smaller steps for that person to really address those functional deficits and then ramp them up to something more more rich and more inclusive. But someone who's already on track to get back to work that may have lesser of a biopsychosocial impact might have a more rapid set of goals. But the principles really can apply to both. What are some tips and best practices you can share for someone considering implementing a biopsychosocial approach to treatment? So physical and occupational therapists have available continuing education that's geared around understanding biopsychosocial factors and how to effectively manage those in conjunction with their traditional treatment plan. A difference might be evaluations can look at history in the context of the injured worker's life or work circumstances, and it's really essential to determine which factors are most important to the development of a successful care plan. So there may be multiple factors that exist, but the ones impacting this person's progression may only be one or two. It might also be helpful as a clinician to understand sort of alternate strategies like self-awareness and mindfulness or meditation, just to name a few. And of course, we should always communicate with the adjuster or the case manager any recommendation to refer to an appropriate professional should that be necessary. If someone presents with something that's outside of the scope of a physical or occupational therapy practice, then we have an onus to really connect those dots as well. We have reached the end of our podcast. Thanks so much, Michelle and Taekwon. Please visit the Prima website to listen to other Prima podcasts, join upcoming Prima webinars, read Prima blogs, and learn about additional Prima educational resources. Be sure to check us out on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, and our very own Prima Talk. Have a wonderful day.